She is on a journey to challenge the motorcycle industry. This podcast is on a journey to challenge the motorcycle world. She believes that female riders deserve a place where they are the priority when it comes to motorcycle closing. This podcast believes that every rider deserves a place where they are the priority when it comes to motorcycle. I think it looks like the perfect fit for this episode, but hey, that's our story, not mine. Behind the underboards, there is always a story, and our story today is that of an inspiring woman rider, Raymonda Brigitte Jetson, and I hope I don't I'd, uh, spell it in the right way. And Raymonda, welcome to Beyond the Underboards, the podcast where I talk with inspiring people for around the world who live for motorcycling, and it's a pleasure to have you on this podcast. Thank you very much. You actually got my name correctly, yeah. you know, as, or... as correctly as a foreigner can get. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually better than most of people. And thank you very much for having me here. Thank you very much for such a nice introduction after I really feel uh, on the spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, completely. Um, How do you pronounce your, your last name? So it's Raimonda Grigate Kelsen. Okay, Which so I re- you said pretty close. Okay, I will remember it for next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we have a second episode, maybe. Yeah, you never so, know. <laughs> so the first question, Ramonda, I want to ask you is the question that no one escaped on this podcast. Which motorcycle do you ride? Or did you ride? Or which motorcycles do you ride? I, I think <laughs> it's three questions in one. Yeah, so I do ride Kawasaki ER6N okay. as my main bike you can say that my favorite mm-hmm. let's say right i also have an old uh, honda cm 400 which is built as a scrambler but that one is just more like um you know casual sometimes enjoyable uh, rides okay. and then we have um as a family together with my husband because he's also um, a rider we have a few um, old motorcycles which are kind of projects okay. at home so uh, we have an old Ducati standing in the motor lounge in the shop, actually, which is uh, being built into the Cafe Racer. Um, and then we um, have one more Honda, uh, CX500, which is still waiting its time as well to be, you know, turned into something uh, nice because it's like from 82, you know, so the old okay. one. Um, and then we recently bought uh, a BMW R75 with a sidecar because mm-hmm. uh, we've got um, a little um, fella who is like 13 months older. So we need to make sure that we can continue on our motorcycling adventures. And for that, we need um, a sidecar. Okay. But Take him with us, right? That's so nice to, to bring <laughs> your, your child with you on the sidecar and how they feel. Uh, well, we haven't tried it yet, you know, okay, because you know like that. I said, he's 13 months old, so he hasn't tried a motorcycle, like real motorcycles yet. He's mm-hmm. actually tried his small motorcycles, you know, toy motorcycles, mm-hmm. and he's actually sat on some small um, actual motorcycles, but never tried riding like with us. And that's why we just bought that old BMW because we want to build it, you know, with a nice sidecar so that next year, hopefully next season, uh, we will be able to take on a a few journeys with him. Because since he was born, obviously, we had to kind of, you know, compromise a little bit and uh, ride, for example, separately with my husband, even Mm -hmm. though we enjoy riding together. But, you know, we can't go both of us because someone has to stay with the child, right? So it kind of became... One goes for a trip and then the other one maybe after. And we would like to do it as a family, of course. So that's so you um, combine the best. Exactly. So we hope that that motorcycle with a sidecar would actually give us that opportunity to 
you know, then take two bikes, the one with the sidebar, sidecar and another one and actually go all three of us. Oh, that's cute. That's cute. So you have five motorcycles if I... Well, so, you know, it's actually two at the moment that I actually can actually ride and enjoy. And then we have those kind of three projects that, Mm -hmm. um, well, they they do ride. You can ride them, but you wouldn't like to go far on those because they're still in the project phase kind of, so to say. (laughs) Okay, okay. That's really incredible. And what pushed you to enter the motorcycle world? What the first steps you crossed to enter in this world? Oh, that's a good question. And you know, my answer, to be honest, I have no idea because okay. it's, <laughs> it was really interesting. I've, um, I've always, always admired motorcycles mm-hmm. and I even tried to find out why, but I, kind of never could you know so it was just something that I really liked um, all my life basically since I was a child I remember you know passing motorcycles was just something I admired but I even spoke with my family because no one in my family rode a bike so it was nothing that I actually saw it just came from somewhere I don't know and the only thing that my mom told me that she uh, had the same uh, kind of idea or feeling around motorcycles she just really liked them for whatever reason mm-hmm. and she always dreamt of having driving license which she hasn't got yet by the way so um i'm still trying to convince her but mm-hmm. uh, she just had this inner kind of wish um to drive a bike and she liked them and i guess it was the same for me i have no idea uh, but then of course when i was older you know already my young adult days i've um i've tried riding motorcycle with other people mm-hmm. so on the back um and I really loved it, of course. And actually, I'm as myself a rider. I'm still a new rider because I got my driving license only in the what year was that? 2020. So oh, it's, um, it's, it's actually very... only been yeah, it's you know very few years. Mm-hmm. But I've spent quite a few years riding on the back before. Okay, so as you... a pillion rider, right? Okay, so uh... as a pillion rider, you first love this feeling to be on a motorcycle. Exactly, exactly. I absolutely adored it. I thought always that it's the best uh, means of transportation. Mm-hmm. I generally love the road. So there's something about the road for me that uh, I love the process of driving. I love driving cars as well. Um, you know, if I back in the days, if I felt um, not well, if I had a bad day, I would just take my car and go without any destination, just go, right? Now, obviously, I do it mainly with the motorcycle if I have that feeling, but it's it's the same. It's kind of the road and driving experience that I was always very much um, attracted to. And then as soon as I tried motorcycle, also as a pillion rider, um, I really realized how how amazing it could be, right? And um, And then I decided that I want to have my driving license. However, it took me literally probably eight years. Okay, why? <laughs> yeah. Because um, I traveled a lot um, previously. So I used to work in the tourism and hospitality industry. And that meant that I was changing my, um, yeah, the countries I lived in, right? My mm-hmm. locations quite um, quite frequently, simply because of my job. And uh, changes of those locations were always meant that I was kind of on the long business trip. So it's not like I moved, you know, and lived there with all the full registrations in the country, but that was just, I was actually employed by the German company. And um, I was always kind of, you know, the had on assignment, so to say. So I would be for a, half a year, for a year, maybe sometimes for two years, right? But I was not really proper living in that country per se, so that, you know, I had all the documentation that normally you would need to go to exchange your driving license, right? So 
Um, so it was a bit of a struggle. And a few times I was very close because, again, it's still possible, you know, in Europe Union, for example, you can still do a driving license in another country and then transfer your current driving license. But it's just a lot of bureaucracy and uh, yeah, a lot of things came in between. And actually, quite a few times I had to be disappointed because I just couldn't take my driving license, for example, in Greece, why I lived there, right? So okay. uh, so it always was kind of a struggle. And uh, yeah, so I had to compromise and drive on the back for quite a few years until actually I settled in uh, in Denmark. And then uh, I said, okay, now it's it's kind of now or never. <laughs> okay, so time to, um, to pass to your... Yeah. Is, 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 it's like the CBT module one, module two in Denmark, or it's not the same? It's the same than in France? Because so we, in, think, in yeah. France, you, you just have to pass two tests. It's called the plateau and the circuit. And mm -hmm. in England, you have to put the CBT, the module one and module two. It's the same Denmark. Well, I don't, I don't think we call this module. So it's just like you have to, you know, you have <laughs> to get a theory exam. You have to actually pass some classes. So you have mm -hmm. to attend the classes. So they're quite strict on that. You have a certain amount of hours that you have to participate. And then you have to take a theory exam. So basically all, you know, the traffic rules and, and yeah, things like that. And then you need to do quite some hours uh, riding. So actual riding, you know, maneuvering. So you mm -hmm. can, you have to go to the special maneuvering course to know, you know, all the maneuvering tricks and <laughs> things. And then actually like street, street riding, of course, as well. Okay. So it's so, cool um, in France. Yeah, probably. Huh? So And, and, and you can get obviously these uh, different driving license. So A2 or A1. So like the full one or for the small motorcycles, right? Oh. So I, I went uh, for the full one, so to say. So straight away, you know, for that you can drive basically any, any motorcycle you want. But yeah, actually, even to get my driving license, because I, I am not Danish, by the way, right? So I live oh. in Denmark, but I am not Danish. I come from Lithuania. Okay. So, um, I do speak Danish now a little bit, but, uh, in, 2020 was right i i was still um, very limited with my language skills in denmark so i couldn't actually even take the driving license um in danish because i was simply i, I was not confident with, with my danish right at that time so i had to find the the school which would do it in english and i found to and even though in denmark everybody speaks english and it's kind of actually english is never a problem but as soon as you come to certain things that you know you need to get done officially again it becomes kind of a challenge so yeah. not every school would take you and teach you in english right yeah. so i actually found the school where i had to drive like two hours okay but i was so um on the mission that it's now <laughs> whatever, that i was like i'm just doing it i have to get my driving license because i cannot sit on the back anymore i was burning you know how much i wanted to be in front yeah, i feel the same the feeling <laughs> when i passed it <laughs> yeah so um so i actually uh, it was um it was kind of you know a journey mm -hmm. literally a journey to get you know there and back to the school and <laughs> quite you know quite um for two months i think you know a few times oh, a week. okay yeah so um but then i obviously uh, passed the test i was very happy and uh, i've never sat on the back uh, ever since anymore and <laughs> <laughs> not planning to <laughs> <laughs> even even on the sidecar <laughs> um, no, even with the sidecar. I mean, my child has to go in the sidecar. Okay. You know, I think either either the other bike or I have to drive that bike, right? But <laughs> but yeah, I just found that you know, even when I started going to already taking my driving license, and I was still then riding with my husband uh, as a pillion. Okay. So my husband, from the very first time, he started complaining. He said, "Oh my God, you cannot sit on the back anymore. You are literally maneuvering the bike while sitting, you know, on the back." Because I was, before I was a very good pillion because I was used to, so, you know, I knew 
how to follow the rider. I knew when to lean, how to lean. I could, I could feel it, right? Mm -hmm. But as soon as I tried riding the bike myself, apparently without even realizing it and subconsciously, subconsciously, I tried to um, ride a bike. <laughs> the, the bike the even if you're on a pilot at this time, okay. Yeah, exactly. So it became kind of like, okay, you know, I cannot sit on the back anymore. And and yeah, well, uh, luckily, I don't need to do it now. <laughs> okay. And what what the the feeling? What what are the feeling you feel and you and you felt on each motorcycle you ride uh, since had now maybe four years, three, four years. Well, I find, um, so the Kawasaki R6 and the one I have now, for example, was my very first bike. Um, and I still have it. And I, I, I can hardly imagine how I will separate from it because maybe just because it's my first bike, but yeah, I just think, I think it fits me so well. Okay. So I am quite short and like, uh, what, quite small, generally in size woman and uh, finding a ride motorcycle can be a challenge. So even in the driving school, for example, when um, trying different bikes um, or the bikes that we were supposed you know, to learn with, um, most of them were too high for me. So I was really, it was really a struggle in the start, right? But luckily my, um, my uh, instructor or you know, the teacher, the driving teacher, he was a, a very nice guy. And he actually you know, really realized that that could be a challenge for me and uh, so he made sure that I got the bike uh, actually his private kind of bike he yeah. lent it you know to the school so that I can use it and that was Kawasaki Vulcan which is like way lower bike right mm -hmm. and uh, that bike I felt very confident with and obviously that was that helped me probably to learn riding and and you know pass the test and things like that so um so yeah talking about motorcycles like I can only drive small bikes right I mean load bikes because mm -hmm. anything that's high um comes a little bit um difficult and I know that maybe you know a lot of people say you should not limit yourself and you should try um I mean I've seen also loads of videos and even life um, real life examples when very small women ride big motorcycles. They literally jump on the bike without touching. Obviously, you know they cannot touch the ground. Yeah, well, you, you see bikes it. like on the GS on the BMW, uh, like a, yeah. a small girl just who, who doesn't touch the ground, and he she she can uh, she can ride this kind of motorcycle. It's really amazing. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I admire that when I yeah. see it, and I was like, wow, that's impressive. But at this point in time for myself, I cannot imagine that because mm -hmm. if I can't uh, touch the ground with my feet properly, I don't feel confident. And I am still a, a young rider, so to say, right? Or the new, new rider. So maybe it will come with experience uh, where I can actually, you know, enlarge my selection, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, even though I won't touch the ground properly. But for now, I prefer staying on the motorcycles that I um, can actually handle properly, right? Yeah, I completely agree. So yeah, so that's you know. And and after that, why why um, did you create Motor Lounge? Why did you enter in this motorcycle world? But I mean by that uh, in the motorcycle industry because you worked uh, in the tourism, and mm -hmm. you and just few years after you want to go in this motorcycle world. Why? Oh, um, so Motor Lounge was kind of, um, I can say, unplanned child uh, born from huge love. <laughs> we could probably, you know, call it this way. Um, it was definitely not my intention to go into motor um, cycle world professionally. And it was kind of um, 
an accident that happened during Corona. Okay. So as you mentioned, I was in the in tourism and hospitality industry. I used to work, uh, well, just before Corona kind of hit, uh, I used to work as the consultant, as a hotel consultant mainly. And uh, when the COVID-19 happened, obviously, well, the, the whole world shut. One of the industries that were affected mostly was exactly tourism and hospitality mm -hmm. industry. No one traveled, no one stayed at the hotels, at least for the period, right? And obviously, my job was put on hold, or my career was put on hold the same way as, as by many, many others. I had no idea when it will start again. Obviously, I knew it will start at some point, but uh, I just had this kind of bit of unsureness when things going to move forward again. Mm -hmm. And that was simply the time when I, when I guess many of us start thinking about what you actually like in life. What would you like doing every day? And, mm -hmm. uh, What's yeah, what do you wish for the life? future, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, being a motorcyclist uh, or loving motorcycles, we very often spoke with my husband, for example, that it would be nice to do something more with the bikes, right? But it was never on a serious level, so to say. It was always just like, you know, yeah, it would be nice. You think okay. that some, okay. some thoughts cross your mind, but you never actually think about something specific. But then... I started somehow thinking more and uh, because I just had driving license, I was so, you know, I was burning for riding. I was mm. burning for motorcycles even more than before because I was like, okay, now I can do it myself. I was just literally trying to squeeze every opportunity I can, right? And go to ride. And 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 I was like, oh, you know, I wish to do it more and I wish to be involved more with motorcycles. So I kind of started thinking about it uh, more and more. And then... Um, I always disliked motorcycle shops, if I can say so. Well, not all of them. Is. You you can find some really nice motorcycle uh, motorcycle clothing shops. But um, generally speaking, uh, my opinion about motorcycle shops and motorcycle, you know, retail brands was kind of more probably negative than positive in a sense that it was always difficult to find something for women. I always struggled myself. Just being short, um, as an example, it was... Um, always difficult to find the trousers that will sit correctly, the protectors would sit correctly. So it was always the kind of a challenge. I also never really liked the environment in the motorcycle shops, or majority of them, again. Okay. Uh, why? Because of uh, masculinity, uh, majority, yeah. or not? Well, to, to start with, I, I found them to be cold. <laughs> okay. Somehow, you know. And yes, I know that motorcycles have a certain image, uh, that they also have a certain look, right? And mm -hmm. they are maybe well, cold machines, you can say so. But it just always used to be this, I don't know, not welcoming environment. And mm -hmm. potentially maybe when you're a woman, when you know that you come to the shop, it's very unlikely you will find um, a lot, at least for you. You might find a few things, but very limited. If people don't really pay too much attention to women in the motorcycle shops, I think, or at least back in the days again, right? Mm -hmm. When I was shopping in different shops, there was always kind of assumption that, well, if you come, especially with the guy, let's say my husband or some friend or, or you know, someone of male, that is probably for him, is not for you. Yeah. And um, and in terms of service as well, even when I was searching for uh, clothing, as an example, like I hardly got any good service that I could say, oh, wow, this was nice. You know, this actually people really helped me to find the right fit. People explain me, you know, about motorcycle clothing and things like that. Because again, before I started Motor Lounge, I did not have 
the knowledge I have now about motorcycle clothing, right? So mm -hmm. I was expecting it from other people to give me that knowledge or, you know, to help me find uh, the things that I need. But I somehow never, never felt that, that um, many shops were doing that. So there was always this gap kind of, I imagined like, oh, you know, I just wish to have a place where you go as a woman. And first of all, you have selection, you have, you can choose, you can find stuff, right? You don't need to ride in men's clothing or half men's clothing or unisex at best. Um, and where you actually get um, service, where you get good experience, where you have nice atmosphere, you can just, you know, have a good chat with the people working there, have a cup of coffee and things like that. And again, maybe other people have that those good experience, but that was just my personal experience, right? So I kind of always imagined motorcycle shop as like um cozy lounge. Uh, you know, yeah, for you, you for you, 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 you want to have a good customer experience for your clients, for your customers, and you didn't feel that in every uh, every shop in motorcycle shop. And I think it's, it's it's the same also in France because we we have this tendency to just uh, show the bikes, show our products, but we don't focus on the customer experience, which is for me as a copywriter and marketer, a really important thing. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, for I come again, I come from a hospitality industry. I worked, you know, mm. my career for many years was in tourism and hospitality. I guess that's inside of me, the service mentality, right? That you have to, I mean, I live and breathe that, I guess. And, and I obviously I search it in other businesses as well. And if I don't get it, I'm kind of like, mm, you know, that's not, how I imagined. Mm. So then slowly I started kind of thinking, okay, you know, motorcycles, um, this kind of shopping experience, um, uh, Corona hitting, like what, you know, the, the things kind of came together. I don't even know how to be honest myself, but it was really unexpected. Suddenly I started thinking about maybe I could do a motorcycle, like retail brand, like shop, right? But at this time it was not a joke anymore. You know, and suddenly, you know, I was like, mm, wait, maybe, you know, and uh, in the place where we live in our house, because the motor lounge is still in the part of our house, kind of. So it's, it's you know, connected, basically. It's, it's half in one half we live and, and the business is on the other side. And because we had this opportunity in, in our home, which is kind of an old, um, like farmhouse, you can say, right? Mm -hmm. So we had a space uh, which we used to call our private lounge where you had the billiard table and, and just a sofa and like a bar, you know, to just enjoy the music and the drink in the evenings and things like that. And we're like, you know what? It's like imagine a motorcycle shop now, right? Imagine the motorcycle clothing shop in that. And Jay's was like, where you come, you can have a cup of coffee, you know, well, you can't really have drinks, but, you know, maybe on certain events, right? But just <laughs> relax and yeah. and sh go shopping. And I always saw it as like, you know, like a wedding uh, salons where women go and buy the wedding dresses. So you would always, you know, have, well, ideal, nice, good service. You will get a drink, you will bring your friends, girlfriends or mom or grandma or whoever you want to see, help you choose the dress. And so you basically, you know, just uh, chit chat and relax and then try different wedding um, gear. So I imagine something like this for motorcycle clothing. That's what I was wishing for myself. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, I said, OK, I have a space where I could, you know, potentially start something like this. I had the opportunity in that period. I wasn't sure where my other career will go. So somehow I just decided that uh, maybe, you know, I should just try. Okay. <laughs> and so then, you know, just like. So from yeah. this burning desire to just do motorcycling, you 
transform that into a business, but also into a purpose for you to just um, create a good experience for women riders who want to just go to shop, uh, who just want to buy your product. So it's it's really interesting because, and it's a question for you, why do you think uh, all this motorcycle and shopping, all this motorcycle shop uh, doesn't, don't think about this customer experience? Why they always focus on just the products and not the customers? That's a good question. Um, you know, when you ask me, it's really difficult for me to answer that because, like I said, for me, it's so deep in, into my mentality that that I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, for you, it's normal. You know, honestly, yeah, I, I don't understand that. I don't mm. get it. And I used to work as the, like I said, as the hotel consultant, but not only hotel consultant. I used to work like as a service consultant as well. So I, I used to do trainings for hospitality businesses, so be it the hotel or the restaurant or the tourism board and things like that, right? And... Um, so, you know, it always kind of surprised me that sometimes you have to convince the people to create good customer experience. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's just some people are not, you know, do not have that mentality. And then obviously it gets transferred to the business that um, they don't think about it. Um, they just, you know, maybe get caught also in the daily routines of just doing the business. So, you know, in the business you have, like even in the shop, you have a lot of things to take care of, Right. So obviously, you know, maybe they get caught on the things that they think matter more than customer experience for getting the, the user, the customer, right? Mm -hmm. Which in my case, it's always vice versa. I always think, first of all, about the customer and then about everything else. If you have a limited uh, time in the day, the first of all, you will prioritize your customers and then you will go to everything else, right? Yeah, that but makes sense. So apparently, you know, not everybody think like this. And that's difficult for me to answer why. I guess it just pro probably, you know, comes sometimes deep from people, sometimes maybe from the business and their culture. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's it's uh, it's really difficult to yeah. observe. That. But it, yeah. it is, unfortunately, the, the challenge for, for many businesses, right? Yeah, it's like a habit from, for many, many industries in the motorcycle, motorcycle world. I think it's just because they don't get it that you have to first think about your customer of think about uh how they can enter a new uh, shop and how they feel they feel about uh, this place about just the atmosphere and i think it's really important it's like it i think it's we can have um relation with uh copywriting or marketing because it's marketing mm -hmm. after all and you just have to create an atmosphere for the customer to feel for 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 them to feel good and just wanted to buy your product. But sometimes you just want to engage your customers, not just mm -hmm. to buy a product. But if you engage this customer, you have more chance that he will buy a product. Exactly. And now, you know, when you say that, I'm also thinking, you know, that's just popped in my, in my mind as well, that, well, the first thing is obviously because you, as a business, you always want to make a sale, right? So yeah. that, that, that's your goal, right? And, and my understanding, the better customer experience people have, the more sales you will make. But I think it also can be that if you have a genuine wish to help people, that's probably also um, matters. 
okay. it also probably naturally helps you to create that better experience. So you're you know? talking example, about purpose? No, I'm talking about, you know, like a genuine will to kind of the, yeah, the purpose. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That, that's true. The purpose. Yeah, we can, we can call it that because uh, the same, you know, when I think about the motor lounge, when I started and, you know, when I had all these struggles, personal struggles that I wanted to solve, I was convinced that other mm -hmm. women have the same. Mm -hmm. I knew that other women have the same also from, from, you know, talking to other women, from having friends and, and people I know who ride the bikes. I knew the struggle women face um, finding the proper motorcycle gear. So um, I obviously wanted to have a business because that's always was also was interesting part for me. You know, I've never tried it, my own business, you know, mm -hmm. I want to do it. Sure. <laughs> so that was also interesting part for me. But I had the genuine will to change something, which I still have, right, with the Motor Lounge. But that that's what the purpose of Motor Lounge is, is to change uh, the industry or challenge the industry in the sense that to create a place for women where they can get safe, functional, stylish motorcycle gear that will enhance their riding experience. So I think when maybe when you have that actual purpose, right? And when you think about it, um, that also helps you to to give that great custom experience because you truly care about the people who step to, through your door, right? Mm -hmm. I do care that women who come in Moto Lounge actually leave happy, that they actually find what they've been looking for or maybe not even what they've been looking for because they had no idea that they could actually find that, Right. But that they actually leave with the, yeah, with the good feeling that now they really can enjoy their motorcycling um, experiences, and it's 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 amazing actually. But we had obviously we had a lot of customers, women that actually that themselves told the stories how how um, it changed their riding experience when having good clothing and good fit, how they you know just started uh, riding more. For example, we even had men coming to the store and saying. Yeah. Thank you that you exist because my, you know, my partner, my girlfriend, my wife, my daughter, whoever, you know, he was riding with as a pillion actually wants to go on the rides now with him oh, because cool. apparently, yeah, you know, and, and that means like, I mean, simple thing as clothing, which is not that simple, actually, in motorcycling, because it's mm -hmm. one, in my opinion, one of the most important, you know, aspects. But these things can make a huge uh, difference for people. And then if you have that purpose of helping people, I think that also, you know, helps you to create a better experience for them. Okay, so you you can transform the vision about motorcycling for women, but also you inspire women to also ride as the motorcycle rider, not just at the pillion, but you you make like the transition between being a pylon and being a rider. That's that's really that's really interesting because I don't um I didn't think that you can with the kind of your with your kind of business can transform the way um women wants to ride a motorcycle just to begin first at the pylon and just after to ride at a woman rider. That's really amazing. And what are the, how a woman can and how they discovered your shop? Because now it's in Denmark, but for foreigners, how they can discover it and how uh, they can hear about you? Mm. So we, we are in Denmark. Yeah. We're based in Denmark, but the Danish business and the shop itself, like, you know, this, our small boutique kind of like we call mm -hmm. shop is, is in Denmark, but we also have an online shop, okay. which is 
just www.moto-lounge.dk or .com for that matter. Um, so we do have and we do ship, um, well, internationally, at least in Europe. Um, outside of Europe, it's kind of a special request, but but in Europe, we ship to basically all countries, right? So, <clears throat> so yeah, they can obviously find us online, right? Or they can visit us um, in in the actual shop. We also have uh, social media channels we try to be quite active in. So obviously people can follow us there and, and see what we do and how we do and um, yeah, get kind of- So to being, to being viewed by the other people in every country, you have to share your message also on social media. You have to share also your message on the website just to be more uh, present and to be just, um, well, yes, visible for all the women writers who want to be just uh, to wear um real women motorcycle and clothing oh definitely definitely social media and exposure you know on all all possible channels kind of it's it's very important because um and actually uh, social media was probably one of the one of those uh, channels let's say or those ways which were very very helpful for us in in, mm -hmm. the, in the start because when you just start uh, the business obviously yeah, nobody knows you right so so you kind of have to how to show yourself somewhere and um Yeah, we definitely focused on on Facebook and Instagram uh, when started. Obviously, with the website as well, but just like more on on the socials. And yes, we had a lot of um, kind of uh, word of mouth, so to say, when you know people started finding us. And then maybe one woman came and she told ten of other friends because there was something new. Mm -hmm. The shop only for women. I mean, this doesn't exist. And the shop where you actually have more than two trousers to choose from, right? Kind of thing. It was like very new. So people were very excited. And of course, they spoke about it um, to each other. So word of mouth was definitely uh, one of the main channels, but also yeah, social media because it's um, you, it just helps you to spread the message uh, further and, and, and faster, so to say, right? So yeah, it's very important, definitely. And how they received this message, how they received uh, the, the way that you create a space not only for women, but for the purpose of women writers, how they receive it? Oh, I think uh, generally speaking very well. I mean, uh, I, I would hope to believe, <laughs> but from, from the feedback we get and from the experience so far, um, I think um, our customers uh, or potential customers, even the ones who haven't yet shopped maybe, but are thinking about it, I think are very happy to have the place like this. So we definitely have quite a good, um, I would say connection with our customers. And um, we are really blessed and, and happy to, to hear their feedback that they're actually excited to have us around. Okay. Um, because I, I do think it matters. I mean, the first customers, um, I, I remember very well the very first customer who came to the store, for example. Mm -hmm. And that was not even the store back in the days. You know, the first year I used to call it showroom because the whole idea actually was just to start with the online shop and then have the place where they could, you know, come on request and just try. Oh, okay. So it, you first was... begin with the website and yeah, after exactly. with the showroom. Yeah. But okay. it very, very soon in that journey, uh, I realized that it's actually very important for women to try the fit, which I kind of knew, but you know, it was just the first customers proved me not to be wrong. So, 
they were like, okay, we actually need to touch the things and try and again, see if it's really the right fit. It's difficult to shop motorcycle clothing online compared mm-hmm. with in-store. It's way more convenient and better um, and more successful potentially if you can try it on, right? So very soon I realized that, okay, it's not going to be enough as a showroom. We probably have to do as a proper kind of small shop because Almost everybody who wanted to buy wanted to come in anyway and try. Mm-hmm. And they would even drive from far away from Denmark because um, there was nowhere else to find clothing, right? Mm-hmm. So I remember the first customer, the first woman who came to the physical, that showroom, right? Who I actually helped to to find the trousers and the jacket and, and the boots. She basically bought the whole set, right? And she told me, Raimonda, I've been driving for 15 years in men's clothing. So she was really tall. I mean, well, really tall. I mean, on average, right? She was, you know, probably 180 something maybe. So maybe, you know, taller woman, right? As for woman. And um, she was not, uh, like I always joke, this traditional motorcycling size that apparently the motorcycle world imagines that women in the world are only from size 36 to 42. Well, 44 <laughs> at best, right? Of course. <laughs> um, so uh, don't remember now her size, but she must have been maybe like 48 or 50, right? And it was impossible for her to find the motorcycle clothing, like women's motorcycle clothing that, that would fit her. So for the last like 15 years, right, she's been riding in men's clothing. So for her, and it was, was like, so a, yes, it, it was like a shock for her to have at least finally uh, motorcycle clothing for women exactly so she was so excited you know she was so truly happy that it made me you know well very happy myself after she left right like that you can actually make that change and help but also was a big realization how deep of the problem was because honestly when i started it like i said i had my own ideas and struggles but i didn't really have a let's say proper proof that others have the same challenges rather than my myself thinking, right? That that was the, the problem. Um, so, you know, one by one, women coming and telling me those stories, how, how they drove in men's clothing, how they couldn't find something that fit or how they didn't want to drive motorcycle because they couldn't actually feel and look okay um, in the clothing. That made me realize that, wow, there's such challenging, you know, there are so many challenges that I was not even aware of, right? Yeah, and, you, you you make me realize that you're right. It's also a matter of safety because if you don't have the right clothes to to ride a motorcycle, you can feel in, in a kind of incomfort and in a non safely safety safely uh, way to ride. And I I have this kind of problem with just my uh, my pants where where I want to to just adjust the protection uh, around the knees and it's sometimes difficult for me but for me it's easier to find another uh, pants just to to add the good one and ride safely but for women it's kind of uh, problematic exactly exactly and you know riding in men's gear for as for instance which apparently so many people so many women do or used to do well at mm. least again the customers that i met so many, really, I couldn't even put in the number, but there were so many stories telling me that we actually rode in men's gear. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really wrong. I mean, if you're lucky and you have the body shape that really is as a man's shape in the sense that that specific clothing piece or size fits you well, maybe all right. 
But what we see in reality that driving in men's clothes for women, the, the clothing sit incorrectly. So you are wearing motorcycle clothing for the purpose of protecting you when in reality, well, that protection will be very limited, right? Mm -hmm. If it's not the right fit, the protectors do not sit correctly. You know, you, you just, you feel uncomfortable to start with. That would also impact you uh, while riding because if you are uncomfortable in the clothing, I mean, clearly you will not be, you know, always potentially focusing on, on maneuvering the bike, right? Mm -hmm. When you constantly have some, something that itches your yeah. body with wrong clothing right for example and i'm not even talking about the self-confidence aspect which i think it's so important mm -hmm. so motorcycle clothing for me is definitely the safety is the first aspect and also privately but what we also try to do with the motor lounge we always put emphasis on this because i think it's extremely extremely essential um, but we cannot underestimate the things such as feeling good so feeling good, feeling beautiful after all, right? I mean, we all want that. We have to we have to admit that. And being able just to dress properly that makes you actually feel happy, relaxed, and take on your driving adventures then, it's so much valuable, so much worth, I think. Mm -hmm. Rather than, you know, always feeling uncomfortable and not even willing to go for a bike ride because you know that, oh no, I have to put that crappy gear that I don't like, that makes me feel uncomfortable. People, act, it actually puts people off sometimes for driving the bike. And that, that's insane, right? When you think about it. I mean, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be this way. Yeah, you can, you can, you can be, uh, you can have clothes who uh, makes you um, free and who can also at the same time make you safe. And uh, it's, it's the same problem uh that um, Charlotte Sejourné, one of my guests, uh, which, which has a brand called uh, White Dust, and mm -hmm. he, she she felt the same kind of problem when she wants when she wanted to uh, create uh, her brand because she she know that at this time uh, women can't uh, be dressed in a pretty way and at the same time be safe and i think you can i think you you can exchange both of uh, of uh, you and uh, charlotte to to just understand um the problematic of women riders in this world it's not just a problem in france or in denmark it's a real problem in this world to to be to, to just to be uh, just to wear a good clothes that makes you feel confident, uh, pretty, and also safe. Exactly. It's I completely agree. It's it's a problem. It's the same challenge everywhere. I would say, you know, as as much as I've experienced at least. Mm -hmm. And speaking of this uh, obstacles, which obstacles did you face when you create your own brand and when you created Motolange? Well, so the the biggest obstacle I would say is uh, obviously you know in business you have so many challenges yeah. right but without going you know, without going into those deeper and all the details uh because i could name here probably the whole list right <laughs> but um talking about let's say still sticking more towards that motorcycling topic uh directly i think it's and clothing topic it's uh i think the, the one of the biggest challenges is to find the clothing for women uh, yeah. generally so for example not only find the brands that uh, create uh 
good quality, safe, uh, um, stylish motorcycle clothing for women. Uh, but uh, sizing, for example, sizing is probably one of the biggest challenges um, that we personally in Moto Lounge, well, with Moto Lounge face, um, from the very start, um, when I just well decided to do the Moto Lounge and created Moto Lounge, for me um, was very important and clear one direction that I I'm not going to be another brand that is exclusive to that is exclusive to some woman mm -hmm. so um i never pictured motor lounge being a certain style or a certain type or serving a certain type of market within the woman because i think um that's already well maybe not directly um the same way as motor lounge but that kind of exists and i think that was actually one of the challenges so for example you know what i mean is i want to help all women despite of of their size uh, their age, uh, the bikes they ride, you know, the style they they want to have, not only for the specific, let's say, people who, I don't know, ride some classic bikes or retro bikes, right? A bit of this kind of rock and roll style. Mm -hmm. Sure, you know, we have these clothing as well. But for me, it's important that the woman who... Um, who rides a sports bike or who rides an adventure bike or who just, you know, any type of bike, actually. So basically the one who needs like a, a textile waterproof suit, the one who needs the, the leather suit and the one who wants a cool rock and roll leather jackets and jeans, all of them can find something in the motor lounge, right? And the same goes for sizing. I'm not with the motor lounge. We are not aiming to serve uh, that traditional uh, 36, uh, 42 or 44 size gap mm -hmm. because... In the reality, there are way too many women who are out of that range. And I think they deserve the same clothing and the same experience as, as all of us do, right? Yeah. So um, for me to find brands and to find clothing that would actually go into the range of sizes, for instance, is very important. And okay. that was from the start one of the kind of one of the one of the points that we would um, you know have ad, as a priority when we try to choose brands uh, who we want to work with and and which products we sell because um yeah again i just want you know something that everybody can find something and and if i have the lady that comes who is i don't know size 54 for example uh i wish for her to find the same motorcycle gear as well which she fits in which she feels confident in and we can she ride safely in right mm. uh, so that's probably the biggest challenge because in reality not many brands do that yeah. do, do you think we have a majority of women which uh their size are outside the standard of the size in the motorcycle world um so do you think we have more women that, that wear uh, this uh, size this kind of size rather than just the standard size. It's difficult to say more or less, right? Because again, mm. no one is really running that statistic because no one is actually, not many actually producing those bigger yeah. sizes, right? So it's so it's a little bit difficult to say. But what I can say from my personal experience and motor lounge experience within these now three years, let's say, because we do have quite a data, of course, of the customers as well, right? And um, so um, it depends on the market to start with. So markets are quite different. I mean, if you take Scandinavian market or Danish market for that matter, and you compare it with Italian market, there might be very different story, right? So I cannot talk for anyone, for, for all the markets, I mean, generally. Or if you take Asian market, for example, people mm -hmm. are generally smaller there, right? So so that that obviously sizing is also different question there. 
Um, but um, for Scandinavia, for example, we definitely have a huge percentage of women that don't fit into those 10 sizes. I mean, this I'm confident with that I can tell you, you know, like as 100%. And uh, they even um, the success, let's say, I was of Moto Lounge at the start, especially was purely based on that because we um, as a business, you know, targeted the pain points of, of those women because it was difficult for them to find something. And that actually proven to be to be a right uh, way to go because not only we help them, them to, you know, to get that better experience, shopping and riding experience, but it also actually helped us as a brand to to move further, right? If I would, st- would have started only with the same limited um, sizing, yes, I would definitely have got customers because I think our brand is generally a concept is, you know, nice and what woman is looking for, but I'm not sure if that would have been the same, right? So um, in Scandinavia, for example, or in Denmark specifically, we definitely need um, clothing of the bigger sizes. And again, I cannot put the number for you, like to answer your question, if it's, you know, 50-50 or it's, uh, but um, from Motor Lounge, um, I would say actually it would be um, basically 50-50, you know? Mm-hmm. So it means yeah. that we 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 sell literally all the, the Okay. Both ranges, so that traditional range, but very much also out of that. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I think uh, I think we have the same problem also in France, and we can have a woman who where the size is outside the standards, and other women who just fit with the right, not the right, with the standard of the yeah. motorcycle industry. And I think. It could be a solution too in France to have this kind of uh, showroom or a shop to convince women that they can dress with the right and and uh, the good uh, clothes. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And so that's your major problem, your major obstacle uh, to when you created your motor the uh, motor lounge. But do, did you face other obstacles? By, by that, I mean the real obstacles, like just to be uh, understand uh, in this motorcycle world, just to be uh, known. Um, yeah, of course. You know, again, like I said, it's, it's in business, you know, those obstacles are different every day, right? Uh, but generally, of course, to be known is always a challenge, right? I mean, it's always a hard work. How how do you how do you spread the world about word about you? How do you make the world know that you exist, right? That's that's a constant uh, challenge in in the business, and and you obviously try different things and uh, um, yeah, different ways, right? Um, but it's always it's always challenging. It's always not easy, so to say, mm-hmm. right? Um, so that's definitely, that's definitely a challenge, but, um, yeah, that's, I think general business challenges, I would say, you know, how do you make your brand, uh, better known or, or better loved, so to say, right. So, um, yeah, that's a non-stop constant, uh, journey, constant work. Okay. And did you receive messages or answers from, mm, I think male writers who, we think that it's just nonsense to have a showroom because I, I asked you this question because in um, in France with uh, Charlotte Sejourné from Riders, uh, they she she faced this kind of uh, of answers and it's really not interesting because I think it's a nonsense for this this male riders to to send this kind of message. But did you face this also? 
that you mean that the male writers are kind of skeptical about us yeah, or that they completely. Um well actually not so much. So um so let's just start probably it's it's important to mention that again Motor Lounge is um the brand for women. Mm-hmm. But um we are very friendly to men. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a sense that um, you know, first of all, we actually have quite a few men customers who happily shop here for their partners, right, or their daughters, or their uh, yeah other kind of woman in their life. But um, you know, interesting, funny. I will tell you actually a bit of pre-story, a bit of maybe you know that would um, a funny thing that when, like I said, when I started, you know, thinking about uh, this motorcycle, maybe to do something more motorcycle and all these challenges I face. So um, my first thought was actually not to focus on a woman. I actually thought that, um, you know, I just want this kind of shop where obviously what well, women will find what they look for, but, you know, not necessarily excluding men. Mm-hmm. And uh, being um, feminist that I am, it actually was a bit difficult for me in the start to imagine something that would be only for women. Mm-hmm. So I was, first of all, like thinking it's going to be for everybody, obviously with the more focus on women, because that's where my struggles uh, laid. Uh, but uh, I did not imagine having it motor lounge being exclusively for women. And that's where my husband actually <laughs> gave a very kind of, uh, well, good idea, not like good idea, but he actually encouraged me to do that simply for the, you know, purely business aspect. He was, you know, saying that, uh, you know, it's fine. You can move to both at some point when when you feel that, right? But because you have to start somewhere and that was still your biggest challenge and the challenge of other women. So maybe, you know, you should start with this and then you see how it goes because again, it's new business, right? Mm-hmm. And and then you will now kind of move to men. So he actually kind of pushed me or like <laughs> seeded that idea into my mind a little yeah. bit just to just, okay, maybe I should actually just um, do it for women, right? Or at least for the start, which now we're not, thinking to move to men though you know that <laughs> that kind of that idea was parked you know for for a very long time i think but um but um yeah but you know that meant that also for the way i did or we did the motor lounge was always with the idea that it's it's a brand for women simply because we only have clothing for women mm-hmm. right or a few unisex models at best but but it's not something that i want to make a statement that uh you know, we poor women in the industry and we need now to, you know, more focus on us. Because I think that my opinion is that um, instead of complaining or crying about something, you just better do something to change that, right? So as a woman, I don't want to be victimized that mm-hmm. motorcycle world is not taking um, taking me into consideration, right? I see where it lacks, and I try kind of with the motor lounge to change that, but still in the positive way, I think. I don't want, you know, I don't understep on men yeah, or motorcycle industry focusing this. on men because if there are men riders who need, you know, and clearly there are way more men riders than women, right, mm-hmm. statistically. So they also need the focus. They also need the same things and we need, right? But we simply with the motor lounge, we focus on women because that's where we feel is the biggest lack. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's why the brand is based on that. And obviously, you know, that's why we do a lot for women also, not only as a shop, but like, you know, me personally as well involved in certain things where, you know, for women motorcyclists to try to change that. But I don't think, you know, I do it or I want to at least I wish to do it um, 
overstepping men or, or you know, their beliefs or, or things like that, right? So so maybe that's why we actually, I don't think we had any negativity um, from from male, from men, you know, from that aspect. We had, I had a few times, um, <laughs> I had a few times, so I did this research a few years ago uh, when I was uh, doing my master studies um, uh, yes. at one of the Danish university, and and I did this also research about uh, yeah women's and motorcycle industry, right? And uh, and that research was um, kind of I was very happy that it was um, it turned to be beneficial for for um, few organizations, you know, in motorcycle industry and also a few businesses that actually people were interested, you know, both to participate, to be a part of that, but also to learn from from the learnings of the research. Because uh, again, there's not so much research um, around motorcycling or women in motorcycling uh, generally out there. So, um, so you know, there were a few, let's say on Facebook, a few posts that um, some motorcycle organizations uh, made using my research. And then, you know, the comments on, on Facebook uh, from the way some, let's say, yeah, from males, those were probably the only negative things. But I also see it as, um, first of all, as from research perspective, as a researcher, you know, as a very valuable data. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that was interesting to see what actually and observe what uh, what male think and how they would react to that uh, focus on women uh, per se. Uh, but also, I think it's just, again, it's, you know, it's our social world problems these days that you have a lot of um, Facebook various who would just go there and attack no matter yeah. what it is, these today is the woman, another day going to be, you know, a person of another religion or another sex um, or whatever it is. Right. So mm -hmm. it's kind of so but that's probably was the only ones. And and I actually think that um, at least the impression we get or the feedback we get uh, in Denmark from from the motorcycle community and, and you know, people around that uh, actually men appreciate motor lounge as well. Because they they also feel like uh, it's good that someone is actually focusing on women now. Because uh, I think majority of men have a woman in their life, be it a partner, be it a mom, uh, a daughter, and uh, if they potentially ride or if they want to see them ride as well, I also hope or tend to believe that they wish good for them, right? And therefore, mm -hmm. I think seeing something that is helping them to get that positive experience, um hopefully is also you know comes across as positive thing in their world yeah so, so. <laughs> and uh, so yeah talking, i think maybe to, we're just lucky you know i don't know <laughs> and talking about your paper because i don't take the time to read uh it um but i will and do, do you think i can put uh the paper in the description of this podcast because i think it will be interesting for some people to just uh we want to have more detail about uh, about it oh definitely definitely feel free to do that i will be happy because i'm always happy you know when uh, um it was a hard work job to do right so <laughs> yeah. i'm very happy that it's uh, actually one of my goals because obviously i had to you know do it for 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 my my thesis mm -hmm. but um because i was doing it as a businesswoman at that time already it was also my goal to uh, to create something that hopefully will benefit also others. Because I think that sharing, you know, if you want to make a change for women in motorcycle industry, I think sharing is very important. Yeah, and if and you, you have, you, you like, have to any insight, you know, exactly, you know, so because, you know, alone, me alone or with few other women or men for that matter in motorcycle industry, it's difficult to fight against, you know, 
everybody else. But if there are more of us with the good insights, maybe actually people would start realizing um, what challenges women actually face and uh, what do they wish for them in the future and how that could actually be beneficial to those other businesses, organizations, or even the community, motorcycle community, most importantly, um, as such. So I think that sharing, uh, you know, sharing is caring, like I say, it's, it's <laughs> a good thing to do. <laughs> I understand. Okay, okay. And um, talking about all your, your experiences in this motorcycle world, talking about your, um, your business, Motorange, what do you want to share from all of this? What do you want to share from your experiences? What do you want to, uh, to tell to other women or male riders who want to create a business uh, in this motorcycle world? Well, if I speak about the business, um, so I think it probably would be two, two, you know, more like more business focus and more like one more personal um, direction, so to say, or, or so generally, um, which, which are very related, by the way. So it's probably, you know, one, one uh, kind of adds to the other, but um, generally I think my message would be, I would really wish uh, that um, motorcycle uh, world or community would first of all realize how diverse we are um motorcycle riders um from my experience or in my opinion um you we cannot keep putting us in the boxes in the boxes that uh, motorcycle marketing creates or media creates you know the certain style the certain type the certain image motorcycling mm -hmm. and then a uh, woman clearly especially uh, have in that image I just think it's so um, incorrect <laughs> and yeah. it's so, you know, far from reality. I 100% agree. I, I just wish that that would be seen and understood. Um, I literally cannot probably express even how many women, now speaking about women, because again, that's where, you know, I let's say specialize, so to say, right, but how different women riders are and and uh, how many women I met who really even dislike the certain image they got put on themselves just because they ride a motorcycle, right? And, um, you know, again, this stereotypical look of the biker within the leather clothing, driving some kind of uh, classic bike, uh, definitely sexualized image if it comes to women, right? Wearing some sexy or littered clothing and everything. I mean, that's like a very small percentage of motorcyclists in the world, right? We are so diverse. We drive different bikes. We dress differently. We are different ages. We have different lives. And, and I just wish that uh, that would be seen and the motorcycle world would actually react on that, helping all people to, to you know, feel welcomed and confident in, in, in that motorcycle community. Um, yeah, and that turns, you know, obviously goes into the business as well. Like I said, you know, for Motor Lounge, it's very important that uh, we come across or we become um, a brand that um, ordinary motorcycle women love. There are a lot of uh, amazing women that I admire myself, you know, travelers uh, or some 
you know, racers and, and stuff like that, like who, who do really extraordinary things in motorcycling, both maybe for the community, but also for themselves. And when you look, you know, at their life, at their travels, you really feel, oh, well, that's nice, inspired and everything. But, but in reality, not uh, the majority of other riders want to go there mm. or are in the place where they want to go there, right? We have, we, the majority, I think, of motorcycle riders, like I call us, us ordinary riders, right? We ride for fun. We ride when we have a free minute. Maybe we go to work with a bike, right? Myself, for example, I'm definitely not one of those who I can tell you, you know, about my extreme riding experiences, my adventures where I travel, you know, across the countries. And yeah, I've been on maybe one or two trips, right? Like that way in a few countries, I rode some nice routes and that's it. But uh, that's not also probably the motorcyclist I'm ever going to be. I'm the one who just enjoys motorcycle riding. I just like to ride whatever I get the chance, right? So so it's, uh, I think that, and for whatever reason, we tend to kind of forget that. I think we very much focus on those, you know, extraordinary, both personalities and experiences that motorcycling will bring, just like you have to travel across the world or you have to, you know, I don't know, yeah, look, go on some crazy adventures, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or or try something never, no one else tried or did, which is absolutely inspiring. But again, I think we need to also do more for ordinary motorcyclists. Yeah, that's not the majority. And as I talk with uh, Tala Savonbeck, my first guest on this podcast, it's not about the journey, it's just about the ride. So if you want just to go outside and ride just for 10 minutes, it's okay. Exactly. It's, it's you, don't okay have to, you don't have to cross all the world to, to be a rider. You, ju- you can just go outside and get just ride for 10 minutes it's okay just do some cycles around your house and okay you're a rider so you're a rider yeah exactly and that you know i i also touched that in my research because that was one of the things that actually was very clear popping up uh, within the woman community but also interestingly enough also within the male riders Mm -hmm. this um kind of um assumption that you have to be a real rider. Mm. Well, what is the real rider? What, what do we call a real rider, right? But the the I think the understanding in the motorcycle um, community, at least in a lot of instances still, is that, you know, oh, you have to ride a certain amount of kilometers. You have to, you know, have a certain experience. You have to know your motorcycle. So like, I mean, technical parts, even about motorcycle, you know, technical knowledge. Oh, you know, if you don't know that, like, you are not a real motorcyclist, yeah, you know? It's also also for clothing. You have to be dressed like this to be a yeah, real exactly. rider. You have to, to wear a perfect leather jacket exactly. to be a real uh, rock and roll <laughs> rider. Yeah. Uh, for females, like you have to, to be clothed in a laser pants just to be more sexy. No. Yeah. no. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what I completely disagree, you know? I think mm-hmm. that... You can call yourself motorcyclist if you feel like one. If I feel like, you know, I love to drive, ride motorcycle and it's on me uh, how I do it. It's my own terms, right? Because what I love is riding a motorcycle and how I dress, when I do it, for how many kilometers per year, how well I know my bike. You know, I don't know my car neither. I drive cars, but when I take it to the garage, no one is judging me for doing that. Mm -hmm. But if I don't do, you know, certain things on my motorcycle myself, you straight away, you know, kind of, might again i'm not saying you know every way but very often you come into those situations where you kind of like hmm, you know so like you don't know anything about the bikes right Mm -hmm. well because that's not necessarily my uh, goal or my interest to know mechanics of my motorcycle 
bicycle. My interest is to drive my bike and that's what I do, right? Yeah. So so I think, you know, that's kind of like this ordinary, like I say, you know, um, motorcyclist. Um, that would be, you know, nice if that uh, perception in the motorcycle world sometimes would be a bit different, you know? Mm-hmm. Because I remember even myself uh, back in the days, like I said, I was always admired, uh, I always admired motorcycles, but I also always felt they were very intimidating, um, the motorcycle community was intimidating because I guess I always felt like I don't belong there in a sense, right? Because I'm not, I don't look like them, you know, like them, like again, I'm you, like... You feel <laughs> out of this community? Yeah, kind of. And I, again, I know um, from my previous experience, I know from Motor Lounge because you, from the customers and, you know, people you meet that especially women struggle with that. There are a lot of women who would like maybe to start motor- driving motorcycles, you know, or get into it. But they kind of feel like, mm, you know, that's motorcyclist. That's not maybe I don't belong there. Like, okay. like this, this, this but, community. But what, kind what of... the re- what's the reason why they they feel uh, not be being part of this community? Well, that's like exactly like I mentioned. I think this image, this okay, image, just... you know, that you need to you need to look certain way, you need to behave mm-hmm. certain way, you need to know certain things. If you want to consider yourself motorcyclist, right? If you don't know all the bikes, if somebody tells you the name of the bike and you, oh, wow, you don't know actually how the bike looks like. Ooh, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, come on, you know, you are not motorcyclist. And I think it's ridiculous, right? I mean, <laughs> it's like, uh, so I think that's, uh, yeah, that's basically the thing that I would um, like to, you know, to see change. And I think it's already changing. It's on that path because I think, you know, they, especially the younger riders you speak with nowadays, it's more and more they don't care about those things. They don't. Or they care, but not as much as maybe older women uh, do. Yeah, like all of those generations kind of, right? Yeah. Like that. Yeah, they don't, you know, they just want to ride and that's what they do, right? Yeah. So so that's something I would like to see probably more uh, in the future. Okay. And you, you, you speak about uh, inspiration. Did you have this time inspiration? Uh, as a woman rider, or did, did, do do you have uh, at this moment uh, also a sp- inspiration? Uh, you mean as the other people, or, or yeah, other people? Well, talking about people, I, I like I said, there are a lot of um, a lot of persons, right, or, or women. Well, in this case, let's say that I find really cool. So to mm-hmm. say that, you know, that I think. Wow, they're really nice. They do, you know, what they love doing. And and I think like, um, yeah, the adventures, for example, their travels or their ways of uh, are really nice. Uh, but um, I don't think I have like someone specific, one or two people that I would say, wow, like I really, you know, I really admire them, but but I don't, um, I don't necessarily see myself um, doing completely the same, right? Yeah. So to say. So um, yeah, for example, in Denmark, we have a, uh, uh, we have a very nice uh, lady. Her name is Henrietta. And um, she, well, if you check on Instagram or Facebook, she's uh, called for, for the love of wheels. Okay. Um, so um, she traveled basically for the last five years, I think, if I'm not mistaken, um, Africa and, and Middle East. Uh, and um, yeah, she's wonderful. I mean, I know her as well. We just recently had an event with her in the motor lounge and that's an absolutely inspiring personality. And with the way, you know, not only her travels, but also, you know, the way she goes around the whole bike topic, the way she handles the bike, you know, again, being small, short woman uh, with, you know, big bike. So it's, it's wonderful, right? But um, it just, uh, people I admire, but I would not say that that's something, you know, um, I aspire to be myself because mm-hmm. I don't think that, you know, I would ever go on the adventures like Henrietta, 
just because it's not my personality probably and not not what i i want right yeah. like i said for me motorcycling is more about um enjoying what i can right it's just um more this daily life uh, now yeah i would i'm dreaming about going with my son and my husband with that you know sidecar for a few like uh, weekend trips uh, maybe someday we would also travel somewhere further but i'm not necessarily well, very unlikely I would jump on the bike and do some solo trip as a woman somewhere um, for whatever reason. Right? Yeah, so. because you don't want to to do that. It's not no, a exactly it's not that. a problem if you if you don't yeah. want to to go outside and just to ride across the world. If you just happy um, because you ride your motorcycle just nearby twenty kilometers from your house, it's okay. Exactly. If you're happy, it's it's, it's uh, I think it's. I think the, it's a it's a re- real problem if you if you think about it because when you saw all these pictures on Instagram, Facebook, on all the other social platforms, you begin to think differently because you see these images and you want to do the same, but you don't have to do that to mm-hmm. to feel like a real rider, as you say, or you don't have to do to do that or wear this uh, kind, this kind of clothing when you see it on uh, on any uh, social platforms because if you're okay with yourself if you feel confident you don't have to be someone else you just have to to take your bike go outside ride being happy and it's okay it's i think it's a the real reason why we ride we just want to ride just to to feel to feel happy and not just to feel like someone else who because i think i i, I speak as a male writer because we saw many movies many series about motorcycling and you in in your subconscious you want to be that kind of writer but you don't have to be that one you just have to be yourself okay you can grab some information some inspiration from this kind of uh, characters but you don't have to be that one. You just have to be yourself, just to ride and being happy. If you want to wear just a uh, just a t-shirt to ride, but it's not a, it's not okay on the, on the road. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. But if you want it to be happy, okay. But it's your it's your problem. But exactly. but you just have yes, you just have to be yourself. It's okay. You you can wear anything and you can you can be anything if you're okay with that and if you're happy. But if you struggle, if you felt like, um, yeah, you feel like a crap when you ride because you, you, you think you don't belong to this community, it's a problem. It's a problem. And I think because of uh, social media, it could be a real problem if you don't show the reality. And I, I think it's a, for me, it's a mission and in the podcast, but also in my work to show the reality. Okay. Sometimes you just have to expand the beauty of this reality but you don't have to transform the reality and it's completely different exactly i would definitely i I definitely agree to that you know and i mean we have to be ourselves right and we need to do what we want to do and and on the terms that we want to do and i think when you speak about the motorcycling um we always have um so you know those inspiring people like we said who travel the world and who have extremely you know um awesome motorcycling adventures and 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 they you know um you can say that motorcycling is who they are right Mm -hmm. but i think for the majority of us it's like motorcycling is what we do not who we are and that's for me that's that's the thought that you know that's how i would identify myself you know 
motorcycling is what I do, not who I am. I am, I love motorcycling, but I'm also, you know, much more than motorcycling. I have so many other um, roles in my life, right? That mm -hmm. uh, motorcycling or being a motorcyclist, so to say, is only one of them. Yeah, it could and be hobbies, I'm, not 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 a life. No, and it's I'm completely fine with that. You know, mm -hmm. that's the type of motorcyclist I am, and uh, I um, strongly believe that uh, there are many of us who are this way. Okay, perfect. I think we we can end it on this. <laughs> <laughs> just just one question, Ramonda. Yeah. Uh, where we we can follow the rest of your adventures? Mm. Well, so you can definitely, first of all, follow Moto Lounge Adventures. And <laughs> that would be, you know, obviously, well, not so much. On our website, we also have a small blog that sometimes we obviously yeah. post both product-related content, but also maybe, you know, some 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 extra content. So that's obviously on the www.moto-lounge.dk Uh We are quite active on Instagram, which would be um, at uh, Moto Lounge Shop uh, with the underscores um, between the words. Uh, we are also on Facebook, which is also Moto Lounge Shop. Uh, Facebook, we kind of um, mainly do in Danish um, and Instagram then in English. So it's kind of, you know, depends where you come from. If you are a Danish speaker, probably Facebook would be a very good channel too. But uh, Instagram is definitely well for everyone in English. And we are more active on Instagram, you know, Instagram stories that comes daily and things like that. So obviously that's probably, you can see a bit more from our um, um behind the scenes and, and live in Moto Lounge on Instagram. Um, well, I'm also present myself uh, on those channels, but I'm not that active. Um, so um, it's on Instagram. I'm a mama on the bike, actually, with underscores in between the words. But uh, I don't use that privately that much. So, you know, I'm not sure how much of the adventures you can follow. But, well, probably some of my personal ones time from time, definitely. Um, and the LinkedIn. Well, myself, I'm... Um, Kind of active or yeah, partly active. You're active. So, <laughs> yeah, so you can definitely, you know, um, find me there just by my name, Raymond Agregati Kelsen. Um, so that would be probably the, okay. the places uh, and the channels, you know, where we can uh, definitely connect. <laughs> okay, I will put all this information in the yes. description of this uh, podcast. Okay, Raymond, thank you for the time you took for this interview to inspire all the motorcycle enthusiasts. It will. It has been a real pleasure to discuss with you, talking about marketing, talking, talking about uh, business uh, around the motorcycle world and for women. I think it's it will ignite my day, even if it's 3 p.m., <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah, make, yes, close to 3 p.m. And I think it will ignite also the day of others. So for the listeners, if you have been passionate about what we're talking about in this episode, Share all your motorcycle love to Remonda on any social network. Also, subscribe to the podcast because we're always writing for a story. And the next story could be used. So Remonda, see you soon. But that per perhaps on um on Denmark, maybe. I think I, I want I want to go on Denmark. I want to go to Denmark just to 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 see the and just to say myself, okay, that's it. I will go back to France now. <laughs> you are very welcome. Uh, well, first of all, thank you very much for having me here. It's been a pleasure and I hope that well, your listeners uh, will enjoy it as well. Yeah. And yes, you are all very welcome to Denmark. We actually, 
Well, we are a bit limited with the motorcycle weather. You know, it's a bit seasonal, so to say. It's uh, a saber. <laughs> yeah, but you know, so if you if you have an opportunity to come, kind of during the summer, uh, late spring or early autumn, uh, you're very welcome, and we would be happy to to welcome you here to the motor lounge. The lounge, as such, you know, with the coffee or tea or anything, you know, coffee hot coffee. or cold you want to drink, always waiting for a nice uh, motorcycle chat. Go for coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Raymond. It's, it's been, it's been a pleasure.